I got into this because I'd had enough. I was fed up, but I got to put my words into action because I felt that at that moment when I spoke to the board of supervisors, there was millions of people listening. As I've sort of become a leader in this movement, I've realized that people want nothing more than to get on board to get their freedom back. If my voice gets heard and helps people, then this has all been well worth it. If my kids have a better America to live in, then this is absolutely worth it. I really don't like this stuff. I never wanted to be part of a production or a movie or, you know, I'd rather be out in the fields fighting somebody. Way that we fight, if this is the way that we inspire uh, people to move forward and, and to come on board with us, you know, for the win, then I'll be here. So. Hey, well, welcome everybody. Um, we we thought we had gotten rid of Patrick, but he... I'm like a bad penny. He is. He just keeps showing up, so... <laughs> Hard time getting rid of me. Yeah. Now, tonight we got John Knight with us, too, so that's that's super cool. But we had some big stuff happen in the in our local politics today, so I, th- I think it's a great day for Patrick to be here. Yeah. And give us some inside scoop. I was already getting texts, and what's going on? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I was framing all day, so... <laughs> Well, the week started off pretty exciting. Uh, you know, we had uh, Leonard Modi uh, was found guilty by the grand jury uh, during the uh, car fire going back behind fire lines and having county employees and state employees and city employees take him back to refill his generator on multiple times. Unfortunately, the grand jury, like many times, um, just lack any kind of teeth. Uh, what Leonard did, Supervisor Modi, he used um, his authority um, for personal gain, and that is malfeasance. And in, when you're guilty of malfeasance, you get removed from office. But the grand jury said it was misfeasance, which is a lesser crime and not, not a, a, a violation of law. Uh, but what he did was for personal gain, and he didn't go back behind the fire lines. And you know, and this was one of the you know this was the worst fire in you know in Redding's history, in yeah. Shasta County's history, and um, he went back to save perishables. He wasn't doing this on behalf of of his neighbors and and helping in that regard. And uh, and the grand jury still couldn't find him guilty of malfeasance because I'm sure the DA goes over there and so- softens things down, and nobody wants to be known for having local officials that are corrupt. And in this case, uh, that's exactly what happened. And, uh, you know, he dishonored himself. He dishonored uh, the Board of Supervisors, and he dishonored the, the, the people of Shasta County for his actions. So that was pretty exciting on Tuesday, and I thought that would be the, the bigger uh, story of the... And you, But you voted not to censure, right? No, the paper got it wrong. So, shocking, huh? I can't believe the it. paper got it wrong. So um, I did. Uh, it was a 5 0. He, he, Leonard Modi even censured himself, which was interesting. Um, so that was 5 0. Then the county council, Ruben Cruz, before we discussed anything and answered the, the concerns that the grand jury had, our county council pre answered them for us and, and without any discussion. Which I'm not going to sign on to that. Yeah, no. And uh, and so typically when you get a grand jury, um, uh, you know, review like this, which I've seen them at City Hall before, um, the council, in this case the board, we go over each item and we take a vote on it. Do we agree uh, with their recommendation or do we disagree with that recommendation? Um, and, well, the county council did it for us without us discussing it, which was totally wrong. So obviously the county council now is a problem. (laughs) Um, We're supposed to be going over those things to see if that's the will of the board in case. So now all we have is a review from county council that just wants this thing to go away. And so I voted no on that because I was not happy with uh, the response from county council, which the response is supposed to be from the board. Um, and so that's what I voted no on. But unfortunately, uh, uh, the record searchlight 
I can't understand two separate votes that we took. I supported the censure, of course, and uh, and uh, you know I would support uh, something being sent further on to the to the attorney general in in malfeasance because he he did this for personal gain. It was clear. So as exciting as that was, then today I get a, co- a phone call early in the morning uh, from an individual <clears throat> that's. Uh, he got some insight, and he tells me about the sheriff uh, giving his letter of resignation um, and resigning. And I thought, and I kind of knew that because we had seen there's been an investigation for a couple months, and and a gentleman went on the radio about a month ago, um, and uh, his name was Joe, and he talked about uh, the sheriff's administration, the rank and file guys, and the admin doing a vote of no confidence. And I'd heard that on the radio on 1460 on a Sunday program. And, of course, at that point, uh, when you hear about a vote of no confidence, that's pretty hard to overcome. So I expected the sheriff to uh, resign and go take up a job at a different department somewhere. But then today uh, I hear that not only has he resigned, but now he's going to be deputy CEO of the county in the number two position. And this really uh, disappointed me. And then the newspaper called, and so I gave him a statement. And then shortly after that I get – a couple emails uh, from the county, uh, be it several hours late, and which is typical for me. I he- tend to hear things out in the community before I'm informed uh, from county council and the CEO, but that's uh, yet another problem that we'll have to resolve. Um, and, you know, what I'm, what I'm upset about this is that clearly um, the CEO and the sheriff are friends, and uh, it really looks like um, we're, we're rewarding Obviously, he was probably going to have to leave the sheriff's department, and now we're we're moving him to another location so he can fill out his retirement. And what this reminds me of is my very first uh, seven months on the job at City Hall in 2006 and 2007. Uh, Leonard Modi, uh, the, the chief of uh, Reading Police Department, was up for retirement in six months, and I'd asked our city manager, Kurt Starman, at the time, if uh, we had one of our captains ready to go to replace so we have a good transition and that it, that would be good for the department and good for the city. And he said, well, we just have to leave it up to Leonard Modi. And I said, well, no, we we, we shouldn't. We don't have to. Um, that doesn't make sense to me. So the following day I talked to each captain, um, and they were very quiet. They really didn't want to talk about uh, any ideas of being chief, and so I knew something um, wasn't right. And then immediately um, the city manager heard about it and called me and starts yelling at me with a loud tone, which I'm not used to and didn't appreciate. And uh, I said, hey, I don't understand here. Um, you know, in six months from now, uh, we could be out of a chief, and then we have to recruit, and we have three captains, and any one of them are capable. Um, so I don't understand why me talking about this is a bad thing. And you guys, you know, I've only been there a couple months. And uh, so I said, you know, you guys are all been out of shape, so I'm just going to back off on this. But you're not explaining to me why this would be good for the department or for the city. So six months comes and goes. And in close session, we take a vote to whether we keep Leonard Modi or not. Now, a vote took place, and when you take a vote and it's a final, it's supposed to come back out and get reported, but it did not. That vote did not come out to the public. It should have. Uh, They repressed that vote. I can tell you that vote was unanimous, and that vote said that, Leonard Modi, you are fired because I know because I was in that room. And uh, that vote should have come out, and the public should have been aware of that, but they were not. So I thought we were done with that. And I was upset with my city manager because this is exactly the problem that I wanted to avoid is being without a chief. And now we have to go recruit. And this is not good for the department and not good for the city. And they were trying to spike his salary by 20 percent. And I was furious. And I asked for the city manager's resignation, which I got no help. So he remained. And uh, I was pretty upset. And I thought that was over. And now we could go recruit. The very next day, I get an email much like the one I got today, that showed that Leonard Modi is now assistant city manager. We have an opening there, and the city manager put him into that position, and it pays 14% more. <laughs> and so he's going to spike his salary come hell or hot water. And while it only paid 14%, not 20 um, he stayed there for six or seven months, enough to spike his salary, and then he retired. You know what? It, it's a common problem, it seems like, in, in government. A, a lot of people, you know, this is the type of thing that makes people so 
so mad is is it's like in the building department you get a, a building inspector that, <clears throat> that you get a lot of complaints about next thing you know he's a he's one of the foremans or a manager in the office you know it's like yeah. why do you reward well what, what i was so upset i mean i was already upset now i'm very upset because leonard modi has no skill at being an assistant city manager it was it was clearly to spike some salary, and yeah. it was very upsetting to me. And again, paper doesn't make a big deal out of it, and so it goes. So fast forward all the way till today, and now we're seeing a very similar situation where clearly a vote of no confidence on the sheriff. He's not going to last much longer because that was what was alleged, um, at least on the on the radio that one Sunday. Um, and now he's got another job in another position, in, a, in the second highest position within the county, and he doesn't have uh, the training for that. And he does have the training to be in the sheriff's department, but not your CEO. And that position, we really need good leadership. What this tells me and what I'm very disappointed is at is that the CEO, this, is, this will reflect poorly on the CEO. Um, and, I, and to be honest, I have not been impressed with this CEO. I do not think... Um, he's ready for the job either, and now it appears just at, at a glance that um, he's rewarding, uh, you know, one person into this position that is that is not uh, prepared or trained for that. And so that was the story for today, and, uh, of course, it's in uh, the paper, and it's been on the radio, and it'll be on the evening news tonight. And um, um, the public should be upset here. Uh, we we had, no, had no idea this was coming. The board, I had no idea this was coming, um, you know, and so um, just very disappointed uh, that this that this is happening. And, uh, you know, and so I think uh, on the board meeting for next Tuesday, I think public the public is going to come forward and they're going to express their views uh, very strongly on this. But unfortunately, you know, the very next day, it's another day and uh, another topic will come up. Um, you know, now that we're on this topic, we're already uh, forgetting about, you know, the Leonard Modi topic of him uh, abusing his powers. Uh, and now we're on to another issue. And, you know, it's almost like, you know, what's what's next? I've been on the job now six months. And, um, you know, I've seen resignation from department heads and, and votes of no confidence and people moving from here to there. Um, I, I'm, I just reviewed our budget. I'm very up, un, upset about uh, a budget hearing that we had on Tuesday, a 600-page document that I don't see any board member cracking that book. We can didn't I, go through it. So, Can I ask you about the sheriff? Because this this leads up to now we're going to have two sheriffs in a row that weren't elected mm -hmm. by the people, right? So they'll re make recommendations, and then you guys will appoint a new sheriff? Or yeah, so what's going to happen here? The undersheriff is going to be the acting sheriff right now because – Again, we've got an open position, and you do need to have a sheriff. So he's going to move up just for the moment, and then the board will have to make a decision soon as to what we want to do. Now, I guarantee you this board, um, they have the majority, and so they're going to want to appoint. They will appoint someone of their choice. I will not uh, support that. Um, we need to have an election. That's what needed to happen last time. Uh, the public is entitled to vet who's the sheriff of Shasta County. Uh, that did not happen with Eric McGreeny, and that's what kind of started all these problems is that we did not have an elected sheriff. And uh, here we go again. We're going to do the same, make the same mistake and make people unhappy. And, uh, and, and this just all goes to the recall is that these board members are not listening to the public on just about every single issue and most likely this one included. Um, we have a history here, long history of electing our sheriffs like most counties do. And um, they're going to appoint somebody. I just have a bad feeling. Um, I will not support it. What I will support is having an election where you have to run your election. You have to answer questions, and then we're going to hold you to them. Because an appointed sheriff, he didn't he didn't have to answer any questions. So how do you hold him to it when he didn't promise anything? Is there any legal procedure that um, just a citizen of the county could start and get some kind of signatures to to actually? exercise that freedom i'm unaware of such uh, a maneuver to do that so i don't i don't know if that would be uh, uh, legal or not but clearly um electing the correct board members so this problem doesn't occur 
uh, is the answer. And again, that's why these three board members are up for you know recall, and uh, and they're doing their their damnedest to try to stop this thing. Um, but they're not they're not able. It's like holding back water. You can do it a little bit, um, but this dam is breaking and this water's coming. And uh, some of these guys are not going to be uh, standing when that water recedes. Mary Rickert seemed a little uptight Tuesday. Or well, and, you me? know, we just had a, a decorum uh, meeting a, a little while back that talked about swearing. And then uh, Supervisor Mary Rickard decides to swear in an open meeting. Yeah. Um, very professional. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, the chair has lost control of this boardroom and... Uh, he has lost control of that room, not because he's not a smart guy, um, but he, he's not listening to the public, and the majority of the board is not. And when you don't listen to the public, they're, you're, they're, they're mad now. They've been mad for a year, uh, and it's not getting better. And there's some simple, easy techniques, um, if you've been around, to try uh, that would control a boardroom. For example... When you have a well-respected person that comes in that has some important information, you don't cut them off after three minutes. You allow them to, to finish up so Dr. he gets Danuka. that information out. Dr. Nuka is a great example of that, right? But there's been many others. And uh, when you do have a person that's a little bit irate and loud and angry and even profane, you give them the three minutes and then you cut them off and you tell them to have a nice day. And you can control that boardroom by allowing the information to come forward and not and and this chair, unfortunately, does not know how to do that. When you have somebody that's loud and profane, if you cut them off, that's exactly what they want. They want you to engage them, and you just did. Um, they have three minutes, and they have the right to be loud, to be rude, to be accusatory, and to be profane. Those court cases have all come and gone. And uh, you just give them the three minutes and move them on, and then they have nothing to do, and they'll eventually go away. Um, but without the experience and having an experienced chair, then you cannot control your boardroom. And you can pass all the, the um, decorum regulations you want. It's not going to fix the problem. And um, he doesn't understand um, how to run a meeting. And uh, so this is what we get today. And, go, uh, and now our chair is even being – or our, our, one of our board members is being profane. So I'm going to try being profane maybe too. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go back a little bit and touch on the vote of no confidence. You know, coming from the fire department, I understand that that's a big deal. I mean, and I don't know when people read it in the paper if they understand what that means, having just known that for a lot of years. Right. But as far as I understand it, that's like one of the biggest slaps from your troops. That's saying you're unfit to lead us in every way. You're how you're managing basically everything. It does, Because usually you'll get a split, you know, and, and enough to support whether they're good with the budget, but then poor with morale or, you know, right. vice versa. But this is a display of someone that's inept to lead. So to put them one down from the whole entire county when your entire sheriff's department just said you're done. We don't want to work for you. So it. I don't know if that's partially the slide that's going on where they just feel that the that won't, word won't get out. Like that speaks volumes if the entire sheriff's department and, votes and, obviously, and says you're done. You know, yeah, the vote so. of no confidence, It's where I heard it was on a radio program, and so it was being alleged that there was not only one vote of no confidence but two. Right. And this was alleged by a caller that called in, but it seems plausible. And um, – you know, they, it's a powerful tool because you can you can threaten a vote of no confidence, and usually whatever the issue was, the chief or the sheriff would back down, right? Mm -hmm. Hey, if you do this, we already voted to do this, and so that often doesn't get done mm -hmm. because that's a powerful tool. But in this case, um, uh, you know, not only the rank and file but the administration apparently, allegedly, um, did a vote of no confidence and um, I've never seen anybody withstand that. And in fact, we see a resignation today. And um, I did get an email um, from both the CEO later this afternoon and from the sheriff um, explaining what they were doing in this career change. Um, I don't buy it. Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't buy that this was just a, a change. Uh, uh, this was forced um, upon, upon uh, the sheriff. And... Um, when I saw a vote of no confidence on the chief in Red Bluff, it wasn't gone. It wasn't long before he was gone, and whether it was correct or not, uh, when when rank and file and and they take that position, um, you can't. There's no more good working relationship, and that's one of the other things that I'm so disappointed here 
is because obviously I believe that occurred. That's what was alleged. Um, and so now you're moving him over. So he's still within the county, you know, and so how's the sheriff's department today going to take that? I don't think they're going to take that very well. Well, no, not the sheriff's or the rest of the county right. workers or the taxpayer. I mean, because that displays a lot. I see two issues there that I big questions. Number one, was there even a deputy CEO position available open or was that created for well, a slide over? Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, this is my first budget, you know, and so I've been going through it and I've been making my marks and I was, I was expecting that we'd be there till midnight and going through department by department. We didn't do any of that. Um, that's what I'm used to when we go through a budget. I want to take a look at every uh, penny that we spend to see if that's correct, and they didn't even want to talk about Just that. rubber stamp it. Just rubber stamped a whole 630-page document. But if you take a look, for example, so it's almost if if this has been prepared for us at some point. So clerk of the, bird, uh, <laughs> clerk of the board, uh, Matt Pontus, and he's our uh, CEO. Um, if you take a look at the budget just from a couple years ago, so the actual budget in 19 to 20 was 295000 Today's recommended budget is 818,000. For so which department is that? This was this is for the CEO's department, which is now where Sheriff Eric McGreeny is heading. So what was it uh last year? Is there about uh, a gap of his salary that's going to be proposed? Well, for this you year? know, in in 2021 it was 444 and so now it's 818. So you can if you kind of follow the money and it's up there on the screen yeah, and it should yeah. be on the internet as well so you can take a look at it. So 1920 295,000, 2021 444 and then today 818,000 and and if you go through this document you're going to see department after department where this was pretty eye opening i mean that in just a few years that's not more than doubled it's it's almost tripled right right um most of these departments have gone up 1 200,000 um uh, some have gone up a million uh, but budget after budget, this year alone, we spent at least, um, and, and this budget was approved on Tuesday of this week, four to one. I, I did not approve it. Um, but we're now spending $30 million more this year than we did last year. But what are, is, how is it helping the average person in Shasta County, right? The, it's just a runaway department after department after department. And some of them are pretty blaring, and that just leads to people going and trying to get more fees for this and more taxes for that and right. more permit stuff and, and just making it more difficult on all the citizens. Yeah. And we're growing government. And it seems like as government grows, your liberty shrinks. And every time. Um, every it's like time. it's a pendulum, you know, <laughs> the more more freedom and, and liberty, the less tyranny and, and vice versa. So it's going to, you know, we just got to restore some of this uh, freedom and liberty and, and try to tilt the scales, you know, in our favor a little bit. And I, I think we're living in different times right now. You know, people are a lot more motivated. They're not just mesmerized by sports and Netflix and this right. and that. You know, they've been personally affected by some of the, the things that are happening that are been affecting us this whole time it's just sped up enough to where people are personally affected and actually wanting to do something about it so i think that um the people on the other side have a reckoning coming because everybody i talked to people all people i knew five years ago didn't care about nothing they're just like go get them and it's just well, it's I awesome agree. for me i'm like yeah so i'm just <laughs> well, you know it. and and you know matt pontus and he's got a question all right all right welcome joe you hear us Joe, you there? Am I live? Yes, you are <laughs> live. Thanks for calling in. Did you have a pa uh, question for Patrick or John over here or Woody? Or You know, I heard a rumor, and I don't know if you can confirm or deny this, but I heard that the sheriff was actually under investigation. And then I heard that the uh, CEO was trying to hire uh, an external investigator to investigate him, but he was caught because this guy was his friend. And now the CEO is under investigation. So I don't know if you can confirm or deny that, but I think it would be pretty interesting to know that the day the sheriff resigns, the CEO hires him to be deputy CEO when the investigation for some collusion between the two of them well uh joe um you're a pretty smart uh, person and uh, 
from the sound, from the sounds of it. Um, unfortunately for me, um, so when Ruben Cruz County Council gives me information, it is attorney-client privileged. And so I cannot discuss any of those things if there was an investigation uh, and a, an investigator hired from Sacramento, I couldn't talk about any of those things because it's attorney client. What I could talk about is when like a person calls in on a radio show about a month ago on a Sunday and makes some accusations, um, those things then become public and I can certainly have my opinion upon those things. Um, but I can't talk about anything that's attorney client privileged. And, um, and it's unfortunate because, um, you know, here we have a situation that just doesn't look right. Um, it doesn't smell right. It's it's not right. Um, is the public going to know the truth? Probably not. Did they know the truth? What happened back in two thousand seven? Nope. They didn't get the truth then either. And so, but you're a pretty smart guy, Joe, and you found out a lot of things. And um, I think today in the in the modern world of social media, um, internet's and computers, um, I think people will start putting this puzzle together and uh, the truth will eventually come out. Unfortunately, um, I have all that information as to what did occur, but I cannot talk about a single piece of it. Great so question, Joe. We, let me just ask one more thing. When it comes to the citizens of this county being the top of the org chart, when is it an appropriate time for us to know what's going on in this county? I agree. Well, if, I think it's, there, yeah. I mean, I think it's important now. If there are now. investigations going on to our CEO and our sheriff, when is the time for the county to be informed of those? And and, and, and if never, what's wrong with this county? Yeah, I'm no, fired up. I'm sorry. I'm fired oh, up. <laughs> no, no, you have a right to be. Um, you know, this, these are important things. And, you know, particularly with the sheriff, it's a, it's a super important job. You know, he's the top law enforcement officer of our county. We really look up to our sheriffs. We expect, you know, to have the highest uh, quality professional in that position. And, and we elect our sheriffs here. And it just didn't occur last time. And uh, I'm afraid that it's probably not going to occur again. And, you know, the, the CEO, Matt Pontus, is a nice guy. I like the guy. I mean, he wears cowboy boots and drives a truck, so he's, he's a nice guy. And Eric McGreeny is a nice guy. Um, so these guys are nice individuals, um, but that is beside the point. Um, you know, we had some things that have happened. Unfortunately, I doubt the public will, will know the exact truth. And, um, you know, uh, it's, it's unfortunate and... Um, you know, and, and I think people just need to, to do the, as much homework as possible. But I, what I will say is that this is still a fairly small town. And so things get around, just like the gentleman that came on the radio, uh, Joe, a few months, a month ago on uh, 1460. He had a lot of information. And clearly the detail and the information that he had came from within. It was pretty obvious. And like today, I got information, detailed information as to what occurred before I got emails from county council and the CEO, I already got that information before them. And so that information is out there. It'll eventually come out. Unfortunately, it just cannot come from me. Thanks for calling in, Joe. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys. Is there, is there another call or I thought I heard the, the you know, and oh, uh, yeah, word gets out. There's leaks. Yeah. And especially I, I was thinking about it, all the pressure that's coming on. Like you're saying, the people that are fired up now aware there's pressure coming all different direct directions. And now you're just seeing leaks start squirting out. You know, they, it's, it's a lot of pressure. Back when I was a kid, uh, the DA at the time, uh, Will Haas, was streaking down Pine Street. And um, now the town was a lot smaller back in those years. Now he still had his boots on. I give him that. Um, but that word got out pretty quickly, and he didn't last uh, very long for DA very long. And uh, and uh, I've also been kind of critical, uh, very critical actually, of the current DA that we have, Stephanie Bridget, um, with sending investigators out uh, on this recall effort. Um, I just do not understand uh, the pressure to try to stop a grassroots movement um, and using her office to do so. Um, it's alarming to me, and uh, I really think it's intimidation. Um, I don't think she took it up on her own either. I think she was I suspect there's some other other things there at work, um, but I tell you, it's a serious 
excuse me, it's a serious thing when uh, when investigators go out um, and the, the register of voter has already approved this and the notice of intent, it was scrutinized quite thoroughly. Um, and so I'm concerned with that. And, uh, you know, uh, not saying this uh, DA is streaking down Pine Street, but this is clearly uh, in my book um, a serious problem that we need to have trust within that department. And I'm not sure right now I've got a lot of trust um, when we're using county resources to intimidate uh, members of a recall. Now they uh, they've concluded, worked hard to do this thing right. They concluded their investigation, right? The DA's office, didn't they forward forward it to the attorney general or to the They Secretary sent it over to the Secretary of State, but if there was really fraud, she could prosecute it herself. That's why I know this is intimidation, and uh, they just sent it on. So it makes the public look... You know, the public asks questions. Oh, there's fraud going on, right? There's I, fraud. I, I ask people what they think about these. Art- hey, how'd you think about this article? I know a lot of people read the news every day. And I, I said, what do you think about this? And they go, well, it kind of looks like they found something. And now they're sending it off right. to it. And I know for a fact that Alyssa McEwen's is about as straight edge and goody two-shoe and, and great person that probably wouldn't even jaywalk. I right. mean, just to be honest. So there's no doubt in my heart. And they have nothing, but they're going to sell it to the public like it's a big, it's a big fat nothing burger, but right. they're going to freaking sell it to the public like it's a Whopper. You know? Well, and, yeah. and today on the paper, you'll see an article with uh, my face on it where the record searchlight comes out and says, you know, Supervisor Jones gets a warning from the FPPC from last year, six, six months ago, um, where a financial statement supposedly was turned in one day late. Now, I'm not sure that it was. Um, there wasn't a lot of financial reporting going on at that time, but we are required to turn them on, turn them in at a certain time period. Um, and I think we did. They say it came in a day late. Um, they did not find me because I don't have a history of FPPC violations, and it was a minor technical thing. But yet our paper chooses to put it right on the front page to make me look bad for a minor technicality that happened six months ago um, that was minor in nature to try to discredit you, me, um, to the public. And um, for being a day late um, on a statement where um, I had very little financial reporting coming in. For some people, if they report very late because there's financial contributors that they don't want the public to see before an election, that's fraud, right? That's a criminal act when you're trying not to show who's financially supported you before the election. My money was raised all at the beginning of the year, and I had already disclosed all that, and the public knew all that. And this was one day late on a minor form, so it was nothing. But yet they've got to put it in the paper to punish me. And that's the paper that we have because they're very biased. And that's David Benta, David Benda. And, of course, we know he's the second worst reporter in town uh, via Carlos, you know, Carlos Zapata said it, second, second worst. And, um, <laughs> right uh, after I, Donnie, I would right? say in my day, Jenny Espino uh, from the Record Search Light would be the worst. And it's unfortunate because we've had good reporters here. You know, years ago we had Scott Mobley, and he he would he was a good investigative reporter, and uh, he'd get to the bottom of it. You know, he'd dig and he'd get to the bottom of it. He was the guy that broke the sex scandal when Leonard Modi was at City Hall. Um, he was the guy that broke the sex scandal, um, and, and it went all the way up to the second in command. And uh, you think these guys would do that today? Um, they don't have any guts. You know, they're not going to do the work. And so what what really is happening at the county, right? What's happening in those those hallways, right? Without a quality investigative reporter, you're not going to know what's going on. And, uh, you know, so it's, it's a disappointing deal. And uh, county government is growing. You know, today um, we have over 2,100 county employees. And, and this budget continues to grow. But unfortunately, I don't think it's growing to help you. This is your tax money. This is supposed to come back to help you. And this year's budget grew by $30 million. So we could build a new jail, right? We could do certain things. But nope, salaries, benefits, you'll see them go up and up. And one of the gals, when we were getting this uh, presentation, she had said that, you know, with CalPERS retirements, there's just nothing we can do about that. There's just absolutely nothing we can do. And I stopped her and I said, that's not true. We just had a labor negotiation where we got our employees to pay 1% more and we dropped that cost down. I mean, there's a lot more that we can do. And she goes, yeah, well, that's true. So going from <laughs> there's nothing we can do that, yes, there is something we can do. We manage this budget. This is our budget. We approve every single thing that's written here. 
and uh, and it doesn't have to be this way. And you're not getting a very good deal. Um, and in essence, we're blowing a massive amount of money. Now, some people would say, well, that's just government in general. Some people would call it fraud. Um, and I would probably call it somewhere in between where it's just not efficient. And um, you know, tax money is supposed to come back to help you. I mean you're paying for it. You're working for it. It's supposed to come back and help you. And you know, if you do five things good and you're, and you're good at doing five things and you did five things correctly but you did one thing bad, would it be okay? It wouldn't be okay, and that's what's happening here. We're looking the other way when things are not right and they're not efficient, and we're not stopping them from doing it because we don't have the right people uh, in the office yet. And And it's going to be tough when the right people get there because... They've got a lot of work to do, right? A lot of back work. A lot of work to do, and they'll probably have a lot of of detractors. You know, there's going to be a lot of people that it's going to... To change, to make the kind of change that we need in this county, it's not going to be comfortable. No, well, and then that's folks. the elected people, you know, so that they can't pull a power play like the shuffle within staff below election. Because if, that's get, if the story of the sheriff got out to the public, he wouldn't get voted into deputy CEO. He would not. That would not happen. Right. So, I mean, our system is set up. It's genius, right? We can do this, affect this recall. Hopefully enough information through the blueprint gets out there, and then we get the right players in there that are going to make some decisions to make some change. And it's going to halt things like I couldn't believe that that budget was given to you and not a full like committee review where the supervisors can go with department heads over the different things. A defense can be made if there's a jump like that that is warranted possibly in a certain department for some reason. And then if it's not, it's not. But there was no time. It was just boom, just stamp it. That's a big jump. That Yeah, and that's a stuff it down your throat move, and then there's $30 million in increase. And that's the type of thing that when people start questioning the recall, it's like, look, that's why. We need leaders that are going to say, hey, this isn't right. I couldn't do that for my business. I couldn't do that for my house. A five-minute glance at my next year finances, you can't do that. Well, clearly, you know, on the same day that we approved this, or at least the majority of the board did, um, our agenda was still 600 pages for our regular business, and then we get this 600-page document on top of that. So you're talking 1,200 pages. Clearly, if you did that, if the CEO allows that to happen, you know we're not going to scrutinize everything in the way that it needs to be done. You can't. How much much lead time were you given with that budget? So for this budget, I got it on the 28th, and we had to make a decision on the 7th. So you know, less than 10 days to read 600 pages. But on top of that... um, then that Friday, you know, I have five days to review and make a decision on the other 600 pages. Right. And, um, and so I'm going back and forth and reading every night and trying to get a, get a handle on this to see if, if uh, I can make sense of it. And this is my first budget. And for the, you know, I've gone, this is my ninth budget. <laughs> um, I've done eight with the city and, and mid-year budgets as well. But normally on a budget of this size, you would have a special meeting, a budget meeting. Right. And all right. the department heads would be in the room. Right? Yeah. And each department head would come up, we'd flip to the one, you know, page and we would go through it and then we would take a vote on it um, and see if we can approve it. And then we'd flip to the next and next. And it would take all day. I mean, 600 pages, it's going to, with all these departments, you would go and take all day. But clearly they didn't want to do that. They didn't do that. And so they didn't want really any scrutiny. So they just no want meeting. you to pass it. There was no meeting. There was 10 days. They just handed you this binder. Correct. I think they made their mind up before they even looked at it. I think they already have made their decision. Yeah, the yeah. department heads of this is their budget, oh, right? Okay, okay. So they already came up with it. They've been working on it for they they work on it for practically half a year, right? Um, and so we just get a few days to review it. Well, that, that's nonsense, right? That I mean, is. we really should have it for a month, um, yeah. and the public should have yeah. it. Um, and you know, at least I got a hard copy. This was one of my first hard copies that I've got most of the time with the county. They just send it over on my computer and I've got to download it all. My regular agenda, I have to print all that out. You know, I prefer, so I can highlight things and come back to it. And they don't, they don't deliver that to me. That is not keeping your, your supervisors well-informed. Um, I really dislike it. And, uh, and we can just do a lot better with this. And, um, but I do believe you're right, John, that, that the public is starting to rise up and they're starting to come forward. I see it today more than ever before. And uh, tonight, as we speak, right this second here in Shasta County, there are several hundred people going out, taking time out of their lives, going out and getting signatures on Leonard Modi, 
as we speak. Uh, and I haven't seen that kind of uh, effort before. And uh, they'll do it every night, uh, whenever they can, weekends. Uh, Did to it be all, able... all day last Saturday. Yeah, they had a great turnout on Saturday. And, uh, and now they're going to do it tonight, and they're going to do some other things to test what is the best response and what works best for the public. And I can tell you they had a great success. They had a 91% success rate on proper signatures because we check every That's single huge. one. That's, That's pretty good. Yeah. And uh, we've got people that are well-informed that are taking the time. And, um, and these signatures are coming quick. And uh, so if you don't think we're going to have a recall election in the fall, um, I would say I've got some some oceanfront property to sell you right here. here. <laughs> you know, you know, my wife's partner, they, they were in twos inside the teams and uh, her partner was a guy on a walker. <laughs> this guy walked all those neighborhoods on a walker with his recall sign on the mm-hmm. front of it. You know, and I thought, man, for people that are, that are sitting at home complaining, you know, they should have been out there. Yeah. yeah. If a guy like that can be out there busting it, anybody can, you know, and to speak to that, like, you know, the whole thing, well, well we're pulling, the, the, we're reversing the will of the people. No, you're not. You're going to vote again. So yeah. if you hear about this budget that raises right. a question, the sheriff, Modi's malfeasance, any of these things, you know, that's reason to sign. Now we can get more and more information, but get the process rolling. Then that special election comes and you can vote. You get to vote again. So the fact that this is some kind of power play is just false, right? This is the people rising enough to say we want to revote. We want more information out. And um, I did have a question, though, like, because as you're talking of thinking about what power you may have as one supervisor, because it's really, you know, it's tough. You can't vote things in. But information like this um, about the budget process, you know, how can citizens help you in that way? Can you get more information out there? What's a good technique for us to start putting pressure externally you know, because the paper's not doing it. Well, you're inside there. Right. You know, other people are inside there. We're getting a lot of people come forward to the blueprint. What can we do? What can people do right now? Well, I tell you, I mean, the, and of course, the county and the county staff's not going to make it easy. Um, they do put it online for you. But, but having online and really scrutinizing it, you need this binder, right? You need this binder. You need to be able to highlight things. You need to put your markers on it. You'll be able to come back to it. And, and you need weeks to be able to do that. And so by the county not getting these out, going, doing an extra hundred of them for people that might want them. Um, because there are people out there that would go through them and take a look at that. But if you just glance at it on the computer, it's, it's just a bunch of papers and, and it's boring and it's hard to follow and it's hard to come back to. And, uh, this was very easy for me to come right to these numbers and see some things that are, that are alarming and a trend that I do not like to see. I see government uh, rapidly increasing and we're not delivering, you know, it wouldn't be so bad getting money in and our road budget, you know, going up $20 million and you're seeing improvement in your roads. I can live with that. I mean, we're putting money on the ground and it's coming back and it's helping you. Um, road budget didn't go up, but all these paying benefits did go up. And, um, you know, and so it's it, th- those are alarming. And the public, you know, it's, you know, I wonder how many people... Uh, in Shasta County, outside of government, outside the departments, you know, read the budget. And uh, it's probably only a few, um, you know, because it's, you know, I get paid to do this, you know, to read it, um, whereas the public does not. Everybody's busy. But um, so in the future, what I'll need to do, I think, to help is I'll go have myself go pay and get 25 of these and just give them out to people so that they can start you know, looking at it and, and asking some questions. And uh, because clearly nobody on the board uh, did. I mean, they didn't want to hear any of it. Alyssa, Alyssa McEwen would read that thing. She's yeah. got the budget, yeah. and she's got more markers on hers than I do on mine. So, <laughs> and, uh, she's one of the four. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this, this is a big budget for a county. Yeah. Shasta County. I mean, they had to use D-rings off a of saddle. Just... <laughs> yeah, is that your centering? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Woody? Yeah. <laughs> so long story short, it seems like people are mostly voting themselves in pay raises. Well, um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, it, it's, it, you know, when you have labor negotiations, we have another one coming up for next week. Um, it's going to be based on what you did with the last bargaining group. And so whatever happens with one bargaining group, and these contracts tend to, at least so far, tend to be three-year contracts. 
they tend to have um, colas in just you know in in inflation in there with the colas. They also tend to have um, pay increases of three to four percent each year, often around nine or ten percent for a three-year period. That seems to be the trend uh, throughout the entire county government governing body, you know, labor organization by labor labor organization. And so, um, I've only done, completed one. Um, and it was the strangest one that I've ever done because the, the, the group came forward with their once and the board approved it without any change whatsoever. And I'm just simply not used to that. Yeah. And just to clarify earlier, what I was talking about is the people who made their own, uh, decision up before they even got it. I was right. talking about the, the other board members. Sure. Yeah. You know, and do so you think, do you think they, uh, any of them were, one of the other four people besides you and Alyssa that actually went through it properly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's just a few people that did and, uh, you know, and I, and this was similar when I was on city council, you know, I, I didn't see a whole lot of people coming forward and scrutinizing the budget at all. Um, you know, and so it, but it's unfortunate that, um, you know, and you know, all my years when I was not elected, did I go read those budgets and scrutinize them? I didn't. Right there, that's a lot of work, and it's not very fun. Um, and at the end of the day, they're probably not going to listen to you, anyways. Which we see that all the time, right? Yeah. Well, they're not and, listening to you, so someone to think that they're going to take the time and then come up, hey, page fifty-two, I've got an issue, and bring it up at the meeting. They're right. Oh, thanks. Your three minutes is up. Yeah. Right. <laughs> see you later. Honestly, <laughs> you know? though, you you give me hope, though, Patrick, because um, you're up there and you're not standing down, you're not giving up, right. and you know, having one up there is just that much more that I'm just confident we can get you. All we need is two more. You know what I mean? That's a lot more than three and starting from scratch, you know? So, um, no, I mean, it, uh, obviously I'm a little different than what we see with regular board members. Um, you know, and, and, and I've seen a lot of this back in my days. It's what got me to run originally back in 2002, because I watched five O votes, five O votes, constantly five O votes. And I'm thinking on certain issues, there's no way you could get five people in Reading to agree like that, but yet they are. So what's happening? And I just couldn't figure it out. I couldn't understand how come these people are voting this way constantly. Yeah. 5-0 in unison, wonderful, everybody's wonderful, everybody's great, boy, they're hardworking. Well, I don't know if that's true or not because I'm not hearing anything else but just this one monotone situation. Once I got elected, then I started understanding a little bit. And you cannot see it when you sit out the seats, when you're sitting out there, and I sat there for years you're not you, – it just doesn't make any sense. You're not – you can't understand how come a person ran and they seemed intelligent and then 5-0, 5-0, And it's because they, they want you to work for the team, right? And the team is the agency, right? So for the city of Reading, it's for that group of 1,200 people. For the county, it's 2,100 people, and they want you to work – um, for that group of people. And there's a lot of good people in both the city and the county. Absolutely. And they want you to work on, on their behalf and listen to them. And the, and, and the problem is that they're not listening to the people. And they're listening to this core group, and they send you to school in Sacramento to learn the League of California Cities, League of California Counties. Um, and, uh, and so pretty soon your thinking goes from here to there. And in fact, the first league meeting I went to, and I only went to one or two, I think I actually only went to one, um, they sent me down there, a group of 500 new council members incoming throughout the state of California, and this speaker came up, and he was a mayor somewhere, and he said, you know, I want to tell you a little story. Um, we had a council member in my area, and he ran on this position and this platform, and he pushed it, and he pushed it, and he pushed it, and he got elected. And then we're so proud of him, um, he... After we talked to him, uh, we showed him that, you know, there was a different way. And so he changed his, his, his platform completely and how wonderful that is. And everybody clapped for him. And I thought, well, wait a second. No, he just ran and told everybody this is what he's going to do. And then he went and did something else. And that's what we're supposed to be happy and clap for. And I said, this group's not for me. And uh, this guy told the public he's going to do this. And he went and did something else. And that's a lie. And, uh, and we're constantly full of that. And, um, you know, this job's not a, a tough job. Um, it, any good person in Shasta County with common sense could make good common sense decisions. And that's all that we need. And that's all we have to elect uh, is people with good common sense. And everybody here at this table could do this job. And so as we move forward uh, in these next months, um, that's what we're going to be looking for.
Well, for me, you know, you, you can you can argue over salaries, benefits, all those kinds of things. But but for me, in the end, what I admire and like about Patrick and want in in our county leaders is I know without a doubt that when when uh, the pandemic hit, if Patrick was on the board, the very first time he would have voted to keep the county open. I, I would bet any amount of money about that. And because he truly does believe in the Constitution and, and you know, everybody says that. Every politician that runs talks right. about the Constitution. They talk the talk, but they don't walk the walk. It's sometimes it's tough to walk the walk. Yep. You know? Yeah. It's harder than going with the flow. You exactly. need some thick skin. Oh, it, man. Things aren't, you're always, I mean, leaders are not always popular. No. You know, you look throughout history and study that a little bit, and I think it'll be refreshing to see some people that aren't worried about population or popularity within the government and, and popularity with the people and hearing the people. Well, and I'm really excited about what I what I see for the potential, um, because some of the people that I, I have a feeling they're going to run uh, in this recall election, I think they're exactly what this county needs. I uh, I'm seeing some good people come forward. They've been paying attention. They've been doing their homework, and uh, and I think they will stand tall for the for the people. And uh, we've just been working for the wrong group. You know, we've been not listening to the public. And I think if there was ever a time this last year and this year, um, you know, it was pretty obvious that this board is not listening to the people and right. the people are rising up. They've come forward, many groups merging into one with some good leaders. And, um, you know, and we're seeing one of our leaders being attacked right now. And I tell you what, um, that is something you don't want to do right now. Uh, if you want to attack one of our people, um, you know, we're going to fight. And, uh, and that is a promise that if you want to attack one of us, um, we'll, we'll circle be, the wagon. We'll line. be coming, uh, and we can do our own. And, uh, we've been doing this right. And, uh, we're concerned about our County and the direction that we're going and we've been doing it right. And, um, you know, if you're going to try to interfere and you're going to try to break the law and try to intimidate, um, we're not going to tolerate it. And there will be a day, uh, that, uh, that becomes a, a correction. Well, that's good. It's good. We're looking for that correction. So I'm stoked. We covered a lot today. We had oh, Modi, awesome. Magrini, yeah. <laughs> Pontes mixed in there, Joe, the caller, subjects, and the budget. So that was crazy. School's Great. in session. I felt like I was just sitting here just learning. Yeah. And, yeah. So yeah. much info. Uh, it's a lot. So people stay tuned in, I guess, because we're going to keep hitting this stuff. You know, that's the best answer for you. <laughs>